This is Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land and water. I'm Glenn Wheeler. This is episode 192. Thanks for your support via patreon.com forward slash Mi'kmaq Matters. Nominations for the Halibu Bank Council election close at noon this coming Friday, September 10th. Some candidates are already announcing. Incumbent Brenda Mitchell and Odell Pike have joined Peggy White and Jeff Sparks in the race for chief. In Cornerbrook Ward, Sherry Dean, former chair of the Halibu Cultural Foundation, is running against incumbent Brian Dix. This week, we introduce you to two other candidates, one for Benoit Scove Ward and one for Central Vice Chief. Two candidates, two different positions, many of the same issues. Disconnect between the band and members who complain they don't know what's going on in their band. Later, we'll speak with Rod Blackie Bennett, running against Andy Barker for the position of Central Vice Chief. But first, to Benoit Scove Ward, formerly represented by the late Byrne White, who passed away earlier this year. At the moment, we know of only one candidate. One of our guests this week on Mi'kmaq Matters, Terry Green. How you doing, Terry? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. How are you? Good. Let's just um, tell listeners a little bit about you. You're born in a halfway point, and now you're back living in a halfway point. So you've come uh, full circle. I've come home. I've come back home. I'm maybe a couple of yards from my childhood home, actually. This was my father's brother's house. He, it was, it's a family home, so we got to keep it in the family. Wow, that's a lot of, that's a lot of history there. Great. And um, now in, uh, in Halfway Point, of course, is uh, just, just the other side of Benoit's Cove towards uh, Cornerbrook uh, for people who don't know the area. And I suppose there are still people around uh, who uh, were born on Woods Island and resettled, uh, came, came on the mainland, as it were. So you also have that, hist- that history in that area. Yes. Well, my grandmother, actually, I have family that resettled in from Woodsall, my mother's family. And a little bit more about you. Your uh, your work is in uh, internet application development and information management. So you're you're a very techie person, I guess, judging from your uh, from your resume. Well, those are my I would say my qualifications. I do have two diplomas, one in Internet application development, like you said, and one in information management. But my scope of work at Labrador Grunville Health is much, much wider than that. Um, I do a lot of business analysis. I do a lot of systems analysis, design, training. I do education. I do all kinds of things. You're you're a person of of many talents. And and tell us and tell us why you've decided to run for Halibut Council. Well. Like you said, I was gone. I, I originated here. I was born here, raised here. I left. Um, I came home. I'm now living in my forever home. What I say is my forever home and my forever town. And now it's time for me to 
start giving back to the community. I feel that I've come to a point in my life where a lot of, I, I owe a lot to the opportunities that exist with Halapu currently. They, they helped me with the training initiatives and, and to help me get my education so that I could be where I am. So I feel like I really need to start giving back more and, and try to help my little town and all the little towns and communities under this ward and uh, to give a fresh perspective to things. The previous uh, counselor was Byrne White, who has uh, passed away, gone to the spirit world. And, um, you know, Byrne was, uh, uh, he was of, uh, I guess, the the previous generation. He was someone who knew my father, for example. So he's he was part of that uh, that generation. And, of course, mm-hmm. um, we all respect, uh, respect to Byrne. There was some feeling... Um, that there was not enough connection between people in the ward and Halibu band, lack of, lack of meetings. People didn't know what was going on. They yeah. felt a bit disconnected. D- have you heard that? And uh, if so, what would you do to fix that? Actually, that's a lot of exactly what I've heard as well. Uh, first of all, Berm White has been in our community forever he is so rich in the lineage of people's history and and we owe him a great deal he did you know uh, fantastic work but it seems like um there's a lot of people who think that like you said the communication was a little less than what they would have expected so i'm really hoping that that's my biggest thing is we have to communicate we have to be partners between Halapu and its members and that's all the members, even the members in this town who haven't really participated a whole lot. They haven't, they're really uh, struggling to find their way back to the culture. So this is why I really want to try to open the communication lines by having those meetings in the town halls and, and having the Facebook posts and maybe flyer posts and conversations with people and just bridging the gap between Halapu and the, the literally the people in the town. Although the ward is called Benoit's Cove, it is um, it covers a lot of territory uh, down mm-hmm. the bay to uh, to York Harbor and Lark Harbor, but not yeah. strangely not the North Shore of the Bay of Islands, which is mm-hmm. part of Cornerbrook. That's a bit odd, yeah. but yeah. though it doesn't include the North Shore of Bay of Islands, it does include Deer Lake and Sops Arm. So you're also you would also be the ward counselor for Deer Lake and Sops Arm. I must admit I've never been to Sops Arm, so I uh, don't know that community very well. How how do you tie all that together in one portfolio? So it does seem a little different to me too. I I will admit um, I was when I was you know investigating this and trying to dig into the who, what, when, where, and why of all this, I guess, because I am new to all of these things. Um, I, I did find it a little strange that the North Shore also wasn't involved uh, with the South Shore, like you mentioned, but um, I have plans to go out to Sapsarm because I haven't been there myself either, but I'm sure they're a tight little community, just like we are here in my little community. So I would love to get out there and meet some people and have some conversations, maybe a cup of tea or two, and put out some flyers and, and just get to know their struggles. I'm sure that they're, and, and not just their struggles, their successes too. 
I want to hear all about it. So I plan on going out there in the next couple of weeks now um, when I get all the signage and all the things in a row and, and go out and just see if I can start talking to some people and see what's, what's happening on the streets, what's happening with them out there. So I um, definitely want to go out and try to bring us together and, and make sure they know that, you know, yeah. if I get elected and if I'm in this position, I'm here for you. So message me or, or send me a call or send me a, a Facebook or, or whatever is convenient for you, right? Now, uh, one, uh, one issue we've heard about uh, all over is housing. Of course, we have many seniors in Benoist Cove Ward and elsewhere. And housing is an issue for seniors. They, they live uh, alone. You know, they don't, can't keep their house up. Repairs are an issue. Then we have other people who don't have housing. Uh, you, uh, have you heard about those issues in, in your, in your ward in Benoist Cove? And also uh, you're president of the, of the board of the Benoist Cove Aboriginal Housing Corporation. So just tell us a little bit about the housing corporation, which I, I hadn't heard of until I read about uh, your profile. Sure. You know, you're not the first person. A lot of people didn't know that this existed. Um, but, and I think, again, because um, the old board, it was really an old school way, and they're not into so much the communicating in the new school kind of methods, right? So um, the Aboriginal, Venice Cove Aboriginal Housing Corporation has two separate portfolios. One is on Wemcom Road in Benoist Cove. There's eight houses there, eight different apartments, um, all different varieties. Some of them are, say, two-bedroom. Some of them are three-bedroom. Um, some of them are, are single-level. Some are double-level, so it varies. Um, there's also eight in the Cornerbrook area, which, again, some are one-bedroom basement apartments. Some are duplexes. So they, they kind of range in different um, designs and stuff. And the ones in, in Cornerbrook, they had to be from Benoist Cove to get those, or are they available to no. anyone? No. So um, we accept all applications. Um, and really, there's a, a, the criteria is based on need, uh, of course. Uh, and it has to be um, um, adequate. So if, you have, if you're a, a, a mother with three children, then a one-bedroom place would not be sufficient for you, you know? So it has to meet the need that way as well. But um, applications can be taken at the Bennett's Cove Aboriginal Housing Corporation, which is located at the town hall. Anyone can apply. Um, you also do not need to be Aboriginal to apply. Um, that is not in the mandate. Hmm. Interesting. It is very interesting. I've learned a lot of interesting things on this little journey of discovery I've been doing for the last year or so. And, think, and that's how I ended up with mm. the presidency, actually, because my curiosity uh, got me in there. Yes. And what about uh, housing needs in, in Halfway Point, Benoit School, French School, that area? Have you, do you have the same challenges um, in that area as elsewhere with seniors mm. and other people not having adequate housing? So seniors is one pocket of people who uh, it seems to be common everywhere, a struggle, um, especially, but it's not just seniors, it's single individuals as well. Mm. Getting these one bedroom places is hard to find. And, and, and the structure of how things lay out generally, if there is one, someone moves in there and stays in there forever or stays there for a really long time. So the turnover rates are not really high in these apartments so 
there is a struggle for single people, single families, and and seniors as well. Uh, Terry, I see on your um, on your uh, Facebook page you've posted uh, Odell Pike's uh, campaign information. Of course, we have. It seems like in this election we're going to have many more women candidates than last time. A good thing, uh, of course. Odell was the only uh, woman on the previous council. Uh, do we take that uh, that post that uh, you're supporting Odell for chief, uh, uh, or was that uh, informational? Right now, I am still learning. So this is very informational um, for me. I, I am I haven't heard much, to be honest, on the other candidates yet, except for one candidate. I believe her name was Peggy. Peggy White, yes. Um, I did, mm-hmm. Yeah, I did read a bit about her, but I'm still I'm still learning about uh, all the other options as well. And Odell, I just seen posted. I've also shared Jenny uh, breaks and uh, a couple others. So um, I'm not really uh, decided yet which way I'm I'm going or how. I'm still just absorbing information at this point. Right, Terry. Well, you'll be putting some kilometers on your car there, um, <laughs> going around the next uh, few weeks. So um, thanks for chatting with us and um, good luck out there on the campaign trail. No worries. Thank you so much for having me join. I really appreciate it. Terry Green, candidate and Benoist Cove Ward. Now we move east where Rod Blackie Bennett is running for central vice chief against Andy Barker, who is finishing a term as ward counselor for exploits. Here's our conversation with Rod Blackie Bennett. How you doing, Rod? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. Great. So you're uh, running for the vice chief uh, position and um, uh, Andy Barker uh, has confirmed that he is also running for that, uh, for that position. Of course, Andy was the uh, uh, counselor for, for exploits in the last council and you ran against him for the uh, ward council seat last time. So now you have another face off with Andy Barker, but for a different seat. So um, uh, things uh, things are evolving. Tell us why you've decided to run for Vice Chief Central. I decided to run for Vice Chief. Uh, over the last number of years, I've been getting phone calls myself because uh, members of our Halibut band in Central couldn't get answers. And um, myself, uh, I've, I've gotten answers for many phone calls and contacts I've had. I uh, kept myself well adversed on uh, what was on the go with the Halibut Band, um, based out of the corner book, but here in Central, um, I feel that we need uh, more here. Um, we need to be treated as an equal um, when it comes to the West Coast. Um, we have uh, a very large uh, band, part of our band here in Central. And I feel that uh, I will be the right person to to um, go ahead and get the answers that everybody is looking for. And what uh, what were people asking about? What kind of answers did they need? Uh, membership is the biggest thing. Uh, a lot of a lot of people ask me about membership, and um, and what we've been going through uh, since the point system came in. Uh, before that, uh, we all know uh, we had. Uh, we had a lot of members in our in our uh, Halibut band, but since then we've lost uh, a lot of members. Uh, that they they sit down one day and they have a status card, and the next day 
They don't. It is completely wrong. It's something that really needs to be looked into and used a lot of common sense. So I really feel that I could convince the federal government myself, along with the rest of council, to pursue this and we can really sit down and nail this out. I mean, not just myself with family members, my mother had her status, I got brothers had their status, and now they don't have no status at all, which makes them no less a Mi'kmaq than myself. But it really, really disheartens me that we go through a full enrollment process, um, uh, founding members, and that's just not myself. I mean, th- th- this, is, this is throughout our whole province. Uh, but, but I wonder if it's uh, realistic. Uh, you say you, you think you could convince uh, the federal government to see things a different way, but uh, I wonder if that's realistic. They've, they've gone to court to oppose uh, people getting back their status. There have been uh, meetings, uh, this last round of meetings since 2018, and not a single new member has come in as a result of those uh, so-called exploratory discussions. So I wonder, um, you know, is that, um, is it realistic to think that you could uh, uh, change things that uh, all these other people haven't been able to change over all that time? Uh, Glenn, I feel that uh, you, you can use different approaches with the federal government and you can go ahead and ball and scream and yell. But if you really go in and sit down and, uh, and, and just sit with the, the, the members and the people in charge, especially now during this February election, we can certainly put it out there to uh, let's let's sit down and have a real good conversation of what's on the go, and uh, let's see let let's see if we can get our members back into our band. Um, I know there was one hundred four thousand people who had applied, but uh, a lot of those were just you know the, the, uh, unrealistic. But uh, the ones who have lost their status, I really feel that if we can, if we can really get there and sit down one more time at the table with the federal government, we can convince them to move forward and uh, get this here, uh, get this resolved. One issue on the table right now is whether Federation of Newfoundland Indians slash Halibut should agree to take back the uh, Armed Forces veterans and RCMP officers who lost their status because they were serving away. There's that group. And then there's the another group, people who were members of the Federation of Newfoundland Indians, but because they were living elsewhere, not in one of the recognized Mi'kmaq communities, they, they didn't get their status. So would you prepare, be prepared to take back the armed forces veterans RCMP right now and uh, deal with the uh, members of the Federation of Newfoundland Indians later on? No, you know what? I really feel that we should take both uh, our armed forces. Um, I have a family member, my uncle, who's the elder in our family. He left in 1964 to go to the military because he never had no clothes to put on his back. Mm. And he left and he had no other choice but to spend 35 years in the military to provide for his family and could not live in the province. There was no work at the time. So he had to leave his province and leave the country to, to be in Bosnia, in Bosnia during those, those days. Uh, Oka crisis, he, you know, he, he was involved there. But I really feel that if you had no other choice but to move away to work or to make a living for your family, that's no reason why you should be out. But how about, how about if the Fed say, we'll give you the uh, 
the the vents on the RCMP, <clears throat> but not the uh, FNI. Would you take? Uh, would you be prepared to do that, or is it uh, all or nothing? If you don't get the FNI, uh, then no one gets it. Are you prepared to hold out for that larger group? I would I'd definitely uh, hold out for the larger group. Definitely. Uh, if you're members of the FNI, Federation of Unions, definitely. You are a founding member. You're a founding member. So, I mean, founding members should definitely, definitely be a part of our Halibut band. Now, uh, what, what do you see as the, as the role of the, of the vice chief? Obviously, um, you have your communities and central, and it's a large uh, area from Grand Falls, Windsor, out to Gander, down to Millertown, up to Gander Bay. So it's, um, you know, it's a lot, of, a lot of territory down there, a lot of people to serve. So what's your relationship with the, with the ward councillors and how do you see yourself as being part of the executive on council with the, uh, the chief and the other uh, vice chief, vice chief Wester? I feel that we all have to work together. Um, when it comes to communicating with such a large area, um, you can make, I can make it once a month or once every two months to meet with the community or the areas within our, uh, within our area of uh, central uh, explain to every member that wants to come out and have a chat. Uh, I would make appointments to go see people. I would get there and work with uh, the counselors and let's work together. Let's, let's do this as one. If you were elected as vice chief, you would be working with, um, well, we don't know who uh, the final list of names, but at the moment, as we're speaking now, there are four candidates for chief. Is there one of those four that you think you would uh, work better with or that you think would, would make a better chief for the new council? No, I, I, I have no preference on a chief. Whoever becomes chief of the Halibut Band, I will certainly work with that person as long as we are transparent. If somebody is looking for an answer, we have to get them an answer. And what, whether you like the answer or not, you have an answer. And I found that, especially through here, in Grand Falls, Windsor, where I'm a municipal counselor, I, re- re- I get many phone calls. And many of the phone calls are not what you're looking for, but at least you got back to that person and let them know. You're actually running in two campaigns at the moment. You have your campaign for a counselor in, in Grand Falls, Windsor, and there's the Halibut campaign. And uh, as well as uh, you run your own business, um, uh, a photography business in, in Grand Falls, Windsor. So you're a busy guy. Um, of course, in Grand Falls, Windsor, you've had that uh, bitter labor dispute with um, with the municipal workers locked out for what is it going on three months now? Um, do you think that will hurt you in the Halibut campaign? Uh, is there hard feelings uh, over that that might come back against you as a member of town council? Yeah, uh, first and foremost, Glenn, um, my wife is a member of the QB Union. Uh, she's a municipal employee. So that excludes me out of any conversations about any contract dealings or any dealing with the union or town. I never sat on one meeting about this. I stayed completely separate. But as for me being to be able to do the three jobs, I strive for work. I just I just really love it. My business had been shut down for 18 months and I had picked up golf just to, just to, just to, so I can golf six o'clock in the morning. And for being a, uh, uh, the vice chief of the Halibut Band, I, uh, I don't see no 
<clears throat> no issue whatsoever by doing both. I, uh, I researched it. It takes between 10 and maybe 12 hours a day, a week, I'm sorry, 10 to 12 hours a week, but I'm going to put in more than that. Um, eight hour days is not just a thing with me. Usually 10, 12, 14 hours a day, it, it's just a regular day to me. My business, my business will survive and I will do quite well with my business. And uh, I'll, I'll continue being a counselor here in Grand Falls, Missouri, if elected on September 28th. Great. And how are, how are you going to um, do your Halibut campaign? Are you going to be traveling around to the various communities um, down to Millertown, Gander, Gander Bay, or are you going to do it online uh, through Facebook? What kind of campaign will you be running? I've been doing a door-to-door campaign for the last two and a half weeks here in Grand Falls, Windsor, and uh, I got over 800 homes visited. Um, if I believe that if I get out, and which I will, I'll take the, I'll take in October and I will travel to all these communities, meet with as many as many Halibut members as I can, to have a chat room, get them get them to really know who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm quite well known on the south coast with the mayors and councillors there. Uh, my my family is from Badger, which is about 28 kilometers west of Grand Falls, Windsor. Uh, I know many people uh, in the Gander Bay area, Point Livingston area. Uh, Baber, all over. I'm, I'm very well known and everybody knows my work ethic. And I suppose, uh, depending on the numbers, uh, if you do well in Grand Falls, Windsor, that might, uh, that might give you a, a, good, uh, a good basis for the result uh, right there, depending on uh, how you do uh, on home turf. So I suppose you have an advantage there numbers-wise. I, I, I may, but that's not concerning to me. I will run a very, very hard campaign I will visit as many people as possible. I will talk to as many groups as possible and just get their input to see and let them know what I'm going to do for them for this term. Well, Rod, thanks for stepping up. Uh, I know it's a lot of work uh, running, uh, especially two campaigns. So uh, thanks for, uh, thanks for stepping up. It's good to have um, uh, candidates uh, taking an interest in these very important Halibut positions. So uh, good luck out there on the campaign trail on your travels. Uh, Thank you so much, Glenn, for the opportunity to speak. Rod Blackie-Bennett, candidate for Central Vice Chief of Halibut First Nation. And that's it for the program. Allison Baker is the producer of Big Mom Matters. Support our work via patreon.com or by email transfer, migma.matters at gmail.com. For the latest Mi'kmaq news and views, and to get our updates on the upcoming Halibut Bank Council election, like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. I'm Glenn Wheeler, Emsat Nogama.